church family. Pastor Mike here. I am so excited to be with you right now. So glad that you're taking the time to connect with me and to connect with our church and what's happening in our church. I think that this month's podcast is phenomenal. I have Pastor Kevin, my dad, on here, and he is going to talk about the topic of when faith meets fear. And it is inspired by the story of King David when he fights Goliath. And I'm telling you some of the stuff that comes out of that conversation that I had with Pastor Kevin is going to hit home with you. I guarantee it. It is such good content. And then after that, I'll share some of my thoughts on the topic. But first, I want to give you our next three events that we have coming up with our church. So the next thing that we have coming up is February 13th. We have our Zoom prayer meeting. We kicked off 2020 with a phenomenal night of prayer. We based it off of Isaiah 56 verses 1 through 8, and I really feel like this year, 2020, is to be a year where we truly make our houses, whether it's a cluster or not, we make our houses houses of prayer. God has given me an emphasis for our church that this year is to be the year of prayer. And so let's start it off on February 13th on Zoom, praying for our church, praying for our clusters, and praying for the unsaved. I am so excited to join with you on that. I'm going to send out the link. You'll get it in a text message. You'll get it on Facebook Messenger. You'll get it in email if you want. It'll be on Facebook. Every way for you to connect on Zoom for our prayer meeting. It's going to be a great year of prayer. I guarantee it. Then, February 23rd, we have our celebration service. We get to see everybody again. It's going to be 10 a.m. February 23rd at the Woodlands Community Center. We're going to have worship. I'm going to share a sermon. We're going to hear about the Dombrowski's cluster and be able to pray for them. We're going to have some body ministry, some good food. It's going to be a phenomenal morning. February 23rd, 10 a.m., Woodlands Community Center. Do not miss it. Then... Our third event coming up is a really cool night. Our youth cluster that meets on Mondays is going to be hosting a movie night for everyone in our church. March 9th, 7 p.m., the youth cluster is going to host a movie night. We want you to come join with the youth, join with other people in our church. Let's just have a nice little relaxed time of watching a movie together at the church. It's going to be a great night. That is going to be March 9th at 7 p.m., a movie night for everyone in our church. So those are our next three events. And like I said, we talked with Pastor Kevin about the topic of when faith meets fear. And I am super excited to share this with you because I think you're going to get a ton out of it. So sit back, relax, and take a listen to what Pastor Kevin and I had to say. Hey 
Hey everybody, Pastor Mike Wing here with Lockport Christian Church. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight on this podcast. We do these podcasts for our church members because we do church a little differently. We don't get together every week, and so people don't always see me as the pastor and see each other, and so we just use this as an opportunity once a month to connect. What I do is I'll bring someone on to share a topic or a something from the Bible or something from leadership, something we can learn from. And uh, what we do is we'll have a conversation about it with that person. And then I'll share my thoughts and insights on that particular topic as well after. And so tonight with this podcast, we have Pastor Kevin, my dad, and he is here. Say hi, Pastor Kevin. Hello. So Pastor Kevin, I asked him to come on the podcast and I asked him to, to Uh, come on this month because he uh, messaged me that God put a a sermon on his heart. And the title of that sermon is called Faith Meets Fear. And so when he messaged me that he had this sermon that God put on his heart, I said to him, well, can we make it into a podcast? Can we make it into a conversation that you and I have to talk about this? And uh, let's see where that goes. And I think that a lot of people will get a lot out of it. I read the notes, think it's phenomenal. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. So tell me a little bit about the insight that you received from Faith Meets Fear. This sermon's about David. And so take us through that. Yeah, Um, full disclosure, it was generated (laughs) by the message that you shared uh, when we were back at New Covenant Tabernacle back in the summer. Okay. And uh, there was something that um, you said, and then I read the story again, and it just, you know, uh, a sermon kind of came out of that. And then I began to see a number of things that David said uh, as he approached that situation. And so um, my message kind of honed down to several declarations that David made uh, while he was en route to to facing the enemy and while he faced the enemy and then even afterward, what declarations he made. I thought there was some very interesting uh, things that he kind of set as signposts along the way. So what story from David's life are you is this based out of? Great, thank you very much. Yeah, it's the story of David and Goliath. Okay. So David is a young shepherd boy, of course. His brothers are all in battle. His dad sends him to check on his brothers, bring some food, raisins, cheese, and all that good stuff, <laughs> probably some chocolate. And, uh, and while he's there, he sees that there's this encounter with this giant. Yeah. And he recognizes that, uh, we all know the story, he recognizes that uh, this guy is taunting the armies of God, and David feels like he might be part of the answer for uh, this giant based on some things he learned in life yeah. at that, or even at that early age. Yeah. So put yourself in David's shoes when you're taking this stuff up to your brothers and you, and you would find yourself in this scenario. What would be your personal response to that situation? <laughs> it was funny because I, I don't know if this hits the, hits the, answers the question directly, but one of the things I was thinking of was, if I was David and I was faced with that situation, my personality, I would have said, guys, I got this. I'm just going to go talk to that guy <laughs> and see if we can't reason together, right? That, that, would have, that would exactly have been, I would have walked up, put up my hand out and says, we can talk about this, right? You know, that would have been me and I would have been dead. And then the story would have been way shorter than, than the one is right now. That really would have been how I think I would have faced it. 
thinking the way I'm wired. Yeah, I know. think I would have just given them what I was exactly what I was supposed to do and left. <laughs> this is my job. My Here's dad. your cheese. Yeah, I wasn't tasked with killing the lion. I was just tasked with bringing some snacks. So, so I'm gonna go. Right, have a, right. Have a great day. Everybody. Yeah, exactly. It probably didn't help that his brothers were like, you know, what are you what doing the heck here? are you doing here? Right. I mean, his brothers like, what are you doing here? You know, I know the insolence of your heart kind yeah. of thing. You know, I probably might have said, eh, you know, look. You, you have, guys are the ones hunkered down. Right? <laughs> you have older brothers. If they would have said to you anything about something you couldn't oh, do, it probably yeah. would have just motivated you to do yeah, it. Yeah, no kidding, right? Exactly. So that could have been part of it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, what, what is it? What do you mean by the term "when faith meets fear"? Like, yeah. What? Why did you pick that title? What does it look like when faith meets yeah, fear? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Um, I think David, um, at some point in in that experience, he 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 must have gotten to that place where he was like, "I've got this. I can do this." Like he recalls some situations in the past where he wrestled a lion, wrestled a bear, and was and he and he did it. So, you know, I think when you see the story of David and Goliath, there's no indication that David was afraid. Like the Bible doesn't say his heart was pounding out of his chest, his knees were knocking. There's no indication that he was. But you, we know as men, as humans, that it, it had to be there, right? So I, that's when I said, when faith meets fear, um, what happens when those two forces uh, oppose one another? Yeah. So what does that look like in your own personal life? What could, what could that look like in your life, faith meeting fear? Um, for me, it kind of always has boiled down to when fact meets truth. And I've, I've used this, many of our listeners who are longtime Lockport Christian Churchians, right? <laughs> um, they'll, know this, they'll know this theme in my life. But I think for me, that's what it looks like. It looks like, it looks like when fact faces truth. And fact is, I define as the way things are. Truth is <clears throat> what the scripture says about that situation. Yeah. One of them trumps the other. And so in my life, when I'm faced with a fearful situation, it's because there are facts that are presenting themselves to me that want to scream in my ear that they are truth, yeah. when really all they are are facts. Huh. Doesn't mean they're not real, yeah. but they're, 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 they, they must bow to they must bow to truth. Yeah, just because they're a part of our reality that we live in doesn't mean it's the way it has to be. Right, yeah. right, exactly. So you talk they're about sensory more than soul and spirit. Okay, you, you have to describe that. Yeah, sensory is um, taste, touch, uh, the five senses, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But how, I do see faith, what I how do feel? our senses lie to us? If it's sensory is not real, how do our senses lie to us? Oh, because they tell you that because you can see it and feel it and taste it and touch it, then it has to be, um, you know, demonstrably more powerful than what some Bible verse might ever say or what, what God says, and kind of speaking like what Satan might, yeah. how he might be. A, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the old thing that Satan did back in the garden, has God really said, right? So he has, his MO hasn't changed in 6,000 years, right? He's always saying, has, has God said? It's all he's ever done, all through all through history. Has God really said? Right. So, if you're David, he would say, "Has God really said that you could kill this giant?" 
Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. So you talked about uh, declarations that David made. In your sermon notes, I read you had a bunch of them. Um, but let's pick the top three <laughs> that you think are powerful. Okay. And we'll do it <coughs> We'll do it in reverse order. Okay. All right. So mm-hmm. give us the third Letterman most. Letterman style? Is yeah, that like exactly. Who invented that? Yep. So give us the third most powerful declaration you see David making, and then share why you think it's so oh, powerful. Oh, good. I sure can, yeah. Um, I would say the third one is um, the, the, the line in there, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Sometimes the first thing we should say might really be a question. You might ask, what am I dealing with? Who am I dealing with? All right. So when you can answer the who, then you can establish how you're going to approach the problem. Right. Yeah. So once I would say that would be the third one. It's like, who is this guy? Right. Who is this enemy of of our situation? He's he's taunting us. He's 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 fingering our face kind of a guy. Um, His his language is intimidating. Okay. so what you have to do is kind of push all that stuff aside and basically say, what am I dealing with here? Who am I dealing with? I think you have to simplify it. You have to bring it down to the simplest, right? In math, it's called the lowest common denominator, right? Yeah. It's, it's, what is the LCD in this encounter in, in with, with Goliath? So in, in my opinion, that's a little bit of a rhetorical question. I don't think David <laughs> expected anyone to answer that, but it was kind of more like him asking himself that. Oh, right. To kind of bring Goliath down to David's level almost. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It is a rhetorical question because he knows the answer, right? <laughs> He's Goliath. In he... fact, the answer is in the question. Right. He's uncircumcised. Yeah. Which means he has no part in the covenant. Right. Right. Yeah. That's how I saw it. And he's got no relationship with God. Right. God is not on Goliath's side. Yeah, right. That exactly. was still when the nation of Israel was, God kind of chose that as yeah. God's chosen people. Right, right. And, and this was, guy is poking the bear, right? The bear yeah. is Israel. And David's going, you can't do that to my people, right? <laughs> he wasn't even in the army. At, right. Right. He just was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think no one else that was there asked that question and realized that Goliath may have seemed powerful, but in the grand scheme of things wasn't? Why? Honestly, yeah. I think it's the level of truth that resides in your spirit. It's the level of truth that resides in your spirit. Um, and, and, and when I say truth, I'm speaking of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. So, because truth always lays a foundation for my life. And um, you might remember as a kid, of course, your mom wouldn't let you leave the house in the morning on the way to school without doing what daily we call our daily decorations, yep. right? Yep. And and um, so it was, right? She had her little three by five cards. I think I still yeah. have them somewhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so truth, I think the reason why the others didn't stand up, I, I my assumption is, is going to be that they just didn't have a, the basis of truth in their life. It seemed like David cultivated that. Um, maybe in his times, you know, in the in the pe- in the field, right, where it's just him and God and some stars and some sheep. Yeah. You know, what do you do there, right? Yeah. It's not like you can go to Netflix <laughs> and entertain yourself. You've you've got moments where it's where it's it's you, right? Yeah. You're by yourself. Yeah. 
the brothers have all gone to this wonderful, exalted place of service, and you're minding these sheep. Yeah. If you had a good day, you, you had a good, you, all your good thoughts to yourself. If you had a bad day, you had all your bad thoughts to yourself. Right. Between yeah. you and God. Yeah. So I think it was truth, Mike. I think, I think that's what it was. I think, I think the and Saul. You know, the argument could be that Saul was was a, a, a you know an all right king, but didn't really have a strong foundation of truth in his life. Otherwise, I don't think he would have failed like he did. Yeah, true. Yeah, he didn't, yeah. He, and, he, and Saul didn't go through everything that David had to go through to become king. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah, exactly. Because at that point, at that point, David had been anointed to be a king. That's right. And then the very and next then, story is him going to meet Goliath. That's right, good point. And so... Saul just kind of shows up, not even shows up on the scene. Samuel seeks Saul out. Saul doesn't have to do anything to become king. Yeah. He doesn't have to go through any teaching, any process. Good point. Fighting Goliath, like he was the best-looking, tallest, most handsome guy in Israel. Right. That's why they. That's why God chose him. And then, but David went through the process. Yeah. Good point. To yeah. to kind of get that that truth instilled. The, the other thing I think in in regards to your question is. The, the soldiers in the army let Saul determine or define the terms of the fight. True. The, they let Saul determine or decide the terms of the fight, right? You never let the enemy de decide the terms of the fight. Right. You never let the enemy do that, right? right? No. Jesus established that principle in his yeah. temptation, right? Yeah. Yeah, you, you, they let him define, oh, oh, we have to go out, we have to bring our best guy out there and meet him on the field straight up? Oh, is that the rules? Right, like why didn't Saul just say, "Hey guys, who gives a rip what this giant's saying? Well, let's go!" <laughs> exactly, and we'll watch him run. Right? Yeah. yeah. Now he's going to take his few out and on the way out. Right? Yeah. He's not going to die without. Yeah. But yeah, they let him determine the boundaries, and I think that was their biggest mistake. A lot of people would say that decision was probably based on kind of like the honor system of fighting. Absolutely. But you line up here, you line up here, right? But there's no honor system when it comes to fighting. No. The, like, when we have a very real enemy, we should not honor them at all. Oh, no. <laughs> that, that, uh, that Indiana Jones movie where the guy comes out like with his big sword, yeah. you know, yeah. and then Indiana Jones takes his revival yeah. and shoots exactly. him. <laughs> yeah, like, right. why are we, yeah, why are we honoring our enemy? Right, right. All right, so give me yeah. your second, second most one. powerful one. The second one is um, the, the phrase, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. David speaking to Goliath. This day the Lord will deliver you uh, into my hand. That's the, that's the, to me, that's the, second, that's the second most important principle. Jesus says in Mark's Gospel that when you pray, believe you receive it and you will have it. So the, the, the exercise of faith is that moment, the moment you pray, you believe you receive it, right? Don't wish things were different. Declare your victory today, right? Yep. And if you need to, Pastor Mike, you declare it again tomorrow. Yeah. And you declare it the next day, like right? Like it's going to happen it, that day. That and, day. And it did not happen the previous day. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, oh, it didn't work yesterday, but today it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to just keep saying it, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, I would say that's the second one. Do you have a personal... Uh, like a personal life story to go um, along with that declaration? I think um, maybe uh, a, a principle, um, uh, but I'll, and on a brief story. Um, 
do do the hard stuff first, right? Okay. So 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 approach every uh, faith situation, every fear situation. That's it. Just face it, right? And um, if there's one specific uh, story, it might have been uh, when we were raising you guys, and and you know we struggled financially, and early on my business was just growing, and um, and we just could not stay on top of our bills. You know, we were raising a family, and we were, you know, doing these, trying to build a business. And uh, Sandy, your mom had stopped working, and so I was the sole breadwinner. And uh, and so um, so I remember uh, one day just you know literally taking the Bible out while you kids were sleeping and laying it on the floor and standing on my Bible saying, I'm standing on the word of God that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Huh. And I said, and I just declared it. I said, this day, you know. Yeah. And I always tell that story and sometimes in sermons and, 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 I, and I cap off that story by saying, and you know what happened? Nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing happened, right? Like, but it, that laid... A foundation for me that I haven't stirred from. I mean, I've had moments, right? But that that really is what that is. It's like today, the you the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Yeah. Today, and then I just would proclaim truth. And in that case, it was a situation with just paying my bills. You know, the word says that my God will supply all my needs. Yeah. So. Okay. So say that. Say that second one again. Oh boy. This um, day. Yeah, okay, yeah. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Okay, yeah. so have you heard of SMART goals? I did, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so SMART goals stands for specific, measurable, measurable. attainable, relevant, and time-based. Okay, yeah. So let's say David was setting a SMART goal for that day. Hmm. I feel like every single one of them, maybe except for attainable, but every single one of the things that he says in that second declaration is part of a smart goal. It's specific. The no, Lord's going to cool. deliver you right. in my hands. It's nice. measurable. Yeah. He's going to deliver you. It's attainable, maybe. <laughs> it's definitely relevant, but it's also, what, time-based. Timely, nice, yeah. So this day, cool. it's going to happen this day. I think a lot of people have goals for their life that they want God to do. And, um, you know, they, 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 they have something that they want God to accomplish in their life, mm -hmm. but they might not have the, f the faith to make it smart, to make it specific, yeah, good point. measurable, right. attainable, relevant, and time-based. Like, okay, God, today you're going to heal me of this sickness. Right. Today I, f I believe that all my needs are going to be met according to your riches yes. and glory. Right. And it's like, we've all prayed that prayer, Lord, I just pray that when I wake up in the morning I'll feel better. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lord, I just pray that, you know, at some point, you know, you just meet all of our needs. And, right, right. And it, there, we're not, we don't have the faith to take it the extra, the extra little bit to make it smart, to make it measurable, to make it specific, to make it attainable. So David was the first one to develop the, right? the SMART acronym. Seems like it. <laughs> So um, let's go down to the uh, number one de declaration that David makes. What do you think is the most powerful declaration? These are really hard questions, by the way, because I think I had about six or seven. You had like 12. <laughs> in one sermon. For all the, all the rules I learned in, in, uh, in preaching class. Um, the, la the, the most important declaration, I think, is the battle is the Lord's. 
Why do you think that's the most powerful one? Because Satan rarely goes away easily. He never says, "Ah, oh, darn, you caught me on this one. I guess I, I guess I'm, you know, okay. You win today, Mike." No, the battle's the Lord. So to me, that's the most important principle because um, he rarely goes away easily. So this declaration is a truth that you probably are going to have to say over and over and re repeatedly declare, look, the battle is the Lord. Because if the enemy doesn't go away, you know, like in ways that are measurably that he's not messing with you anymore, if, he, if he's still messing with you, right, then I think that, that, that principle, the, look, you just keep saying, God, I know this battle is yours. I've done my part. I thank you for the outcome, right? Uh -huh. And I think that's what that means. I think the battle is the Lord is kind of the beginning part of a prayer that kind of gives it all over to God and says, I'm, I'm not going to sweat this anymore, right? I prayed, I've, I've, I've done this, then this, then this, right? And, and now the rest is up to you. And I think that, um, I, th I think that's what makes that the most important declaration. Okay, so at what point of the David and Goliath story does he say that? At the very end, yeah. Sort After of, he kills Well, him. no, he, he, he's about ready to take his head off, yeah. And he's declaring, he's declaring under what, this is so good, because he's declaring to Goliath under whose authority he is going to approach him and what the outcome is going to be, right? So he's declaring to Goliath, you are this, I am this, right? Yeah. I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to feed you to the, you know, your carcass to the birds of the air. Yeah. Right. And he says, and then, and then, you know, dot dot dot, because the battle is the Lord's. So this is before he threw the sling, or yes. after? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's right before they're about to go at it. Correct. Do you think he was? Do you think that was more to remind himself of that, or do you <laughs> think it was more to say something to Goliath? I think a little bit of both. Yeah. I think we need to rehearse truth in our minds as much for us as we do for the atmosphere around us. I really do. Expound on that. To me, um, the atmosphere, I, I tend to believe that the, the immediate atmosphere above us, like the heavens above us, like the, the scriptures seem to talk about three heavens. and So the, the, to me, the atmospheric heavens above us are the domain and dominion of Satan. Okay, And so to me, um, when you start saying the battle is the Lord's and you're declaring God's truth over some satanic activity, you are declaring to the heavens in, over which he can rule that, that he is defeated. So keep, it, keep this in mind too. When Jesus went to the cross, so, so for in our lives, not necessarily David's, but in our lives, we say that because Jesus has already defeated Satan. My estimation is that the only... The only ground Satan has to mess with us is really deceit. So the only thing he does is tell lies about us, right? And so, so if that's his only tool, then my tool against that is truth. So I think when you start declaring the battle is the Lord's and you start laying out a truth pattern of what the end is going to look like based on truth, not your feelings, not your wishes, right? Yeah. Not your senses, but truth. Once you once you say that, then you are you are you are um, sprinkling the heavens or whatever with those with those declarations because our words are powerful, yeah. right? I believe they have an effect on that. Yeah. Just like I think prayer is is earthly 
an earthly uh, um, invitation for God to touch your life. Yeah. Right. If I'm praying for you, I'm asking God to, right? You know the old Michelangelo picture, right? Yeah. The fingers, right? That's what I'm asking God to do. I'm asking Him to come into your life, because He can come into your life for any old way He wants, right? Yeah. But I honestly believe He does on the basis of people praying. Okay. For us, I think that gives Him entrance. Yeah. He yeah, can move sovereignly. Right. But I honestly think that He's like, wow, I got some people down there really, yeah, hunkered down, wanting me to move in this area. Well, yes, and especially nowadays, does he does he really even move without without the uh, open door? I, I, I might have been a little timid to go that far, but I, I I really do believe that. Yeah, I I believe in the principle of the sovereignty of God. I really do. Yeah. But I think if we take that to it to a, an extreme, that then I would be careful here um, that we get lazy. Right. Well, whatever you want, God, you know, I think God is bored by that. Yeah. Like, que sera, sera attitude. Like, whatever yeah. will be, will be. Right. You well, know. Let your will be done, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's no faith in that. No. Not no. There, there's right. probably some faith, but not the kind of faith like David meeting yeah. Goliath kind of faith. I've said it in many messages. I think faith like that is boring to God. Oh, yeah. The last thing the kingdom should be is boring. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So give us some practical tips when it comes to declarations and speaking God's truth over your life. I think the first is what I alluded to earlier. Make sure you make a distinction between truth and fact. So as soon as the facts are dealt to you, right, um, start immediately start to refer back to truth. And that's why I think building your life on the truth of God's Word is so crucial. Yeah. Right. So make a distinction between fact and truth. Okay, this is the crap that's going on in my life. Can I say crap on a block? <laughs> this is the crap that's going on in my life. What does God's truth say? Another thing you want to do is you want to, and this is where I'm weak, you want to recall past victories that demonstrated God's goodness in your life. Huh. I'm super weak in that. I let failures build a bigger picture than, uh. than past victories. Wow. David said, I took care of the bear. I took care of the lion. Those are the only two he mentions. Right. 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 Did he take care of other things that came to try to steal sheep? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah. So I think you got to recall the past victories. I'm sure he lost some sheep. You don't hear him saying, "Oh, you know, I might have lost a couple sheep here and there, but I still killed a bear." <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. He doesn't even he doesn't even rehearse that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the head trash you got to get rid of. That's the word, yeah. yeah. And I, I, that's probably, of all these, that's probably where I struggle the most is just, you know, and, and sometimes a good wife, you know, or good, or good folks around you can be those voices saying, yeah. no, you, you're, you know. Yeah. You got another word. Yep. <laughs> Keep your pouch full. And by that I mean stay sharp in God's word. Right? Okay. David had five smooth stones in that pouch. Yeah. How many did he hurl at the end? One. One. Right? And I think you yeah. went to that in your sermon you know, yeah. back in the summer. Yeah. Keep, so I said, keep your pouch full. You know, don't wait till you need the Word of God yes. to fill your pouch with the Word of God. Yes. That's, the, that's the worst thing you can do. I mean, it'll be okay. God will still come. Call out to Him. But He wants to hear truth. Right. And what would you rather... What would you rather here if you were God, someone someone who was whiny and, and coming to you last, right. as the right. last resort, yeah. last minute, 
or the person who comes by faith, right. knowing God's word, knowing the truth, right. knowing that God's going to come through, yeah. reminding yourself of the past victories. Yeah. That's just, I would oh, much rather be around yeah. a person like that. Exactly. Than someone who's like, oh my God, the sky is falling. <laughs> right. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. Right. Like when, people, when people say to me, I don't know what to do, it's like, don't you read your Bible? <laughs> It's like, have you read that yet? Like, you don't, you really don't know what to do in this situation? Right. You really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you stopped them and boiled it down, they would know exactly what to do. Yes. Right? You just have to draw from that. Yeah. But it's a discipline, right? Yeah. If you've not been trained how to do that, right, then you're not, right? It's like, how many times, how many times have you heard people pray? You haven't, I'm sure. Um, you know, I've been serving you all my life, and this is what I get. Right, right, right. You know, exactly. No, God's like, call me when you're done. Yeah. Right. And you say that when who was the prophet that you know just destroyed all the prophets of Baal, and then he's like, you know, you know, I'm alone serving yeah, you. Elijah. You know? yeah. yeah. And he's like, you know, just he throws a hissy fit. Yeah. Call me when you're done. Yeah, and that was right after he uh, defeated had, all the 400 prophets, right? On Mark, Mark, Mark Carmel, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what do you do in everyday life to make faith mm. declarations a part of your life? Well, it's it's really, really simple, but challenging. I, I read scripture pretty much every day. Okay. Yeah. I might give myself a couple of breaks on the weekend, <laughs> but I pretty much read scripture every day. And then I journal. Uh, I journal what I read. Okay. And then um, another step that I'm trying to reincorporate in my life, because I kind of got out of the habit a little bit, was, and then meditate on those verses. So I'll read something every day, I'll journal what I write, uh -huh. and then passages that really stick out to me, I'll try to take them throughout the day and just, and just meditate on them, or go back in my journal and, yeah. and, and re regurgitate some of those things. So you talked about doing a better job of celebrating your past victories. Yeah, yeah. I heard about this journal from Craig Groeschel. It's a five-year journal. Yeah. Each page has a section for every year. And so there's five years on each page. And it's like three or four lines. Oh. And you write three or four lines from that day uh, of that specific year. Huh. And then the next year, you'll come back to that page and you can write oh, more. That. And it's five years. So wow. you get a five-year snapshot of your life when huh. you're done. And so I started, cool. I started doing that. I started using that five-year journal. Huh. And uh, I, I'm kind of looking forward to celebrating some of those right. victories. I try to write something I'm thankful for and, and yeah. something of memory. And, That's and, a good discipline. Yeah. 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 So, but I think consistency yeah. is definitely the key to this. Um, because you look at David's life. So he did talk about the bear and the lion and then Goliath. But, and so David was consistent in fighting for what he thought was right. And he was consistent in spending time with God. And I think if, when you're consistent in reading your Bible, journaling, yeah. prayer, right. God's going to bring you up through the line of, of victories. But you've got to be consistent in putting in the work ahead of time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think, I think that's good. That's, that's kind of what I boil down to. Um, yeah. Because just because you're a soldier doesn't mean that you're ready to fight. And that it shows that yeah. in this story. It was a bunch of soldiers. Right. There. Armed. Right. But doesn't mean you're ready to fight. David yeah. was ready. Exactly. You got any final thoughts? Um, I would just say um, uh, get that, 
whatever you got to do to get that foundation in your life, whatever whatever disciplines you have to you have to um, set aside or or work on, getting that getting the Word of God as a foundation is absolutely off the off the charts. You, you just you can't. What else can replace that? Right. Well, thank you. This has been really good. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah, just phenomenal what Pastor Kevin shared. So thankful to have him in our church. So thankful to have him in my life and as my father. That was just so good. I always loved David. The richness of his life, the stories that we learn from, it's just phenomenal. The stuff that you pull from his life. Um, and uh, I just want to share some I'm going to share some of my thoughts that I had on this topic. Um, I think about a psalm that David wrote, Psalm 1914. This is a psalm that he wrote, and this is what he says in the end of Psalm 19. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. This is David's prayer. Pastor Kevin talked about declarations. Hear David's heart on this. He says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. The words of my mouth. David knew that God heard everything. God hears everything. Guys, he even hears your thoughts. All right. May the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. So here's the deal. I am passive aggressive. So I will get into arguments with people and they won't even know it. And a lot of times, what I will do is I'll even mumble something to myself in response to something that someone just said. I do it to my wife all the time. And I'll mumble it as if I'm saying it to them, but I'm not really saying it to them. But what happens is, Every once in a while, that person will hear it, especially if it's my wife, because my wife picks up on it now because she's been married to me for almost 15 years. So my wife will hear me mumble something. We'll be like in the middle of an argument or we'll be in the middle of a conversation or we'll be going back and forth, you know, that what you do as, as, as married people, and I'll mumble something in the other room. And my wife will be like, what? What'd you say? And I'll pretend like I didn't say it or I'll make something else up. Because I don't always want that person to hear what I'm mumbling back to them. But that's not the way it is with God. God hears everything. And David knew that. And so when Pastor Kevin talks about making declarations, he's talking about God hears everything. Guys, even when you're not declaring something, you're declaring it. Think about it. You wake up in the morning. Your back hurts when you roll out of bed. Oh, my back. That's a declaration. You get in your car, and it's not running the way it should be. It doesn't look the way it should be. Man, I hate this stupid car. That's a declaration that God hears. 
your kids, your friends, your spouse, they're not acting the way you think they should. Man, I can't stand these people. That's a declaration that God hears. David's saying, may the meditation of my heart be pleasing, in, or may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. The meditations of your heart. Guys, your words are just a declaration of your heart. Your words, they reveal your heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Your words reveal to me and to God your heart. Whether you like it or not, what comes out of your mouth is just showing the world what your heart is like. David wanted to have a pure mouth and a pure heart. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Remember that. God sees it all. He sees your words. He sees your heart. So let's make sure that they're both pure. And let's make sure that the things that come out of my mouth, the declarations that we make, are declarations full of faith and not full of fear. Big thank you to Pastor Kevin for joining me this month. A big thank you to you for taking your time. You made it all the way to the end here. I am praying for you. I hope you're praying for me. I hope you have a great, awesome day. We will see you next month. Thank you.